0: The Spot Track podcast talking sports contracts, the salary cap and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, there's no better place to get breaking news, comprehensive coverage and insightful analysis than The Athletic. Download the app, follow your favorite teams and leagues and get a personalized feed of exclusive ad-free content. For all this and plenty more, visit theathletic.com/spottrack. S P O T R A C and get 40% off your first year subscription today. We are also provided by Balanced Bridge Funding, cost-friendly capital solutions to professional athletes since 2015, customized repayment plans, financial solutions, and they can tick all the boxes for your objectives. Whether you're currently under contract and need a bridge against future guaranteed earnings, a free agent looking for that next contract, or looking to borrow money for any other specific reason, Let Balance Bridge take a look, provide a solution, and be a resource for you today. Visit BalanceBridge.com. My name is Mike Cheney. Happy Monday morning. Happy week 14 of the NFL. Happy hell of an F1 season finish, if you missed that on a Sunday morning. Here's the plan today. Heavy football, as I like to do this time of year, and since baseball is MIA, basketball really hasn't kicked into gear yet, and hockey is just kind of treading water. I'm going to go in two directions today. I'm going to start with Heisman's and I like to do this kind of annually whenever the the recent one is announced. Obviously I can't give you any financial information on Bryce Young outside of some nil, but what I'm going to do is run through quickly who kind of had bang for buck, which Heisman winners got to the NFL and made a full career out of it because you know the good and the bads that's always good that's always good radio so i'll run through that list quickly here at the top and then it's a good time we're about 3 quarters through now in the nfl season and the quarterback stuff isn't going away so i'm going to i'm going to run through wall to wall a to z this quarterback situation and where we stand from a contract standpoint uh, you know some of these guys who are slam dunk extensions now it's a, it's an i don't know I'm going to go pretty deep on this. So uh, bear with me. It's the most important position going in sports right now. And once again, I think we're up in for a 9-10 quarterback carousel this offseason. So I'm going to kind of prelude that with some contract information, certainly some valuations and uh, some what-ifs. Basically, a tier, a five-tier structure of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. All right, as promised, let's talk Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young wins from Alabama. No surprise there. He was the heavy favorites in terms of odds. And he will not be in the NFL next year. That's just the, the price to pay for being young right now. So 2023, certainly that's a, that's a name to look at, as is CJ Stroud out of Ohio State, who had a pretty nice season, pretty good showing. He's going to turn some heads probably in the next season as well but it's about who previously won is where I want to go today. So I went back to 1990 with this list and, you know, using our data on spot track, using some basic career information. Where are we with Heisman trophy winners getting to the NFL and making a living out of it? Um, there's a few duds for whatever reason, obviously Jason White's the biggest dud didn't even get drafted. Didn't even get a tryout as an undrafted free agent. The quarterback out of Oklahoma in 2003. So that's the one that stands out immediately. Then you've got Charlie Ward, the Florida State quarterback who looked at his draft position, didn't think he was going to be a first-round pick. That was kind of his barometer and said, fine, I'm going to the NBA and played a bunch of years in the NBA in terms of the Knicks and some of those teams. Nice little point guard. Uh, you know, did he choose wisely? I don't know. In 1993, that was probably the right decision. Because the quarterback situation wasn't as strong as it is right now, it was it was trending in that direction. That's for darn sure. But uh, I think I don't think I can blame him on that one. You know, it's kind of a Kyler Murray situation where Kyler looked at baseball and said, "Yeah, I can, I can make 14 million right now, or I can make 40 going to the NFL, and if I do things right, I'm going to make 400." So uh, it's a different world to live in with those kind of decisions, and I think Charlie Ward probably made the right choice back then. And Kyler certainly looks like he made the right choice this year. Um, so let's talk money. Which Heisman Trophy winner since 1990 has cashed the most NFL earnings? It's Carson Palmer. And it's not even close. It's Carson Palmer by $40 million. $174 million in change over a couple of teams in a 15-year career. And that's the other metric I want to talk about here too. We have M&A, 9, 10... 10 players since 1990 that have 10-year careers. Certainly some are still active and, and have a chance to do so. Many are not. Many didn't get to that threshold. So it's, uh, it is certainly not a slam dunk that these guys do what they do in college and then that, that translates immediately to the NFL. More so with quarterbacks, of course. You know, your Ron Danes, your Reggie Bushes, your Ricky Williams. They had some decent runs in the NFL, but that's not a slam dunk translation. Certainly Charles Woodson is the... Standout defensive player on this list. In fact, he's the only defensive player on this list since 1990. And Hall of Fame career, just under $98 million earned on the field. Nothing wrong with that career. Here's your top five Carson Palmer, Cam Newton, Sam Bradford. I'll, I'll hold for applause. Charles Woodson's fourth. Reggie Bush is fifth. That's your top five since 1990 Heisman Trophy winner NFL earners. Where does it get kind of crazy after that? Um, you know, Baker's in the top 10. How much more is he going to get? Marcus Mariota's in the top eight. What, is he, what happens to him on his next contract? We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes here. Jameis, similar situation. He's ninth on this list. There's a, there's a lot of what ifs and, and a lot of things that look great in college Lamar, Mariota, Winston Netarm. They just haven't really found themselves long careers in the NFL yet. You know, Manziel's a different situation. He's down in that, uh, you know, the Tebow kind of stuff. But look, if you you think about the athletic quarterbacks, these are the guys who are winning this award. Tebow, Lamar, Burrow to some degree ran a lot at, at LSU, even though he threw all over the place as well. Kyler Murray, you know, Baker was a pocket quarterback. RG3s on this list, Mariota's on this list, Cam Newton's on this list. So, you're looking at some serious dual threat quarterbacks winning this award recently, you know, in the past decade or so, getting into the NFL. And yeah, they're they're sticking to some degree, but with this rookie structure in place now, you know, I think Baker and Lamar are really the ones to look at and we're going to talk about them very very uh in depth here in terms of their next contract. To me, that's what that's that's what has to happen. Somebody has to bridge this gap, and Mahomes to some degree is this, but he is, he is really really settling himself into a pocket quarterback this year, and you know the interceptions are piling up because of it to some degree. But you're just not seeing what's what's getting these guys this trophy translating to ten years in the NFL. It's not happening. It's just a too physical of a league, too big and strong of a league, and there's too much parity in this league. To, to be able to sustain what these guys are doing at age 19, 20, and 21 in in college football over the next 10 years in the NFL. So it's a fascinating kind of situation because those are the quarterbacks that are still being, you know, looked upon early in these drafts. You know, Lamar went late. Kyler went number one. Baker, number one, of course, in his position. RG3, I think, was two, if I remember correctly. So these are still the the guys that that GMs are looking for. But at the same time, these aren't the guys that are necessarily getting those second and third contracts in this league right now. You know, Cam's second contract was kind of a one and done. He didn't get to the finish line with it. So it's it's a fine line to tread right now. Mariota got got bl- blown out of his rookie contract. RG3 got blown out of his. It's, a, it's just weird how we're not quite there yet. Yes, the NFL game is pulling a lot from college football. And I think that will continue as we stay wide open, spread out. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when these NFL teams really start to have to react to these two deep safeties, which we're seeing more and more of. But it's funny how it's certainly not a direct translation and certainly not a direct translation to long term careers. If you think about these quarterbacks that we're going to talk about that have been sitting in that pocket for 15 plus years, you know, even just Carson Palmer on this list. There's just a style of play that continues to work, that continues to thrive. Over a 16 to 17 week schedule in the NFL for many, many years of experience. So, will that change? I don't know. Uh, I don't think we have the proof to say that it can change yet. And, you know, even Mahomes has had his up and down, and he's going to be sort of that wild card in a lot of respects. You know, he's not Lamar, and he's not Tom Brady. He's sort of his own animal. He's got he's kind of in his own tier right now in terms of gameplay. So, can these guys who are Cantalizing and must-see television in college football, especially at the quarterback position, but really at all positions. You know these gimmicky weapons as well are coming coming to the NFL. I think about like a Curtis Samuel, those kind of players. Uh, Their their names, their their factors, certain weeks, but are they uh, you know are they the bread the 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 butter that spreads the bread right now? I don't think they are for any of their teams. They're just kind of options right now. Um, Whereas a Mark Ingram who won the Heisman Trophy in 2009 has sustained power, you know, 11 years, almost 35 million as a running back. That's, that's really good stuff for a, you know, a two down in between the tackles type of running back. So it's funny that that's the takeaway here for me, that college football loves the gimmicky loves the, the super athletic player. And we all love to watch it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but the NFL certainly hasn't figured that out yet on a long-term longevity career situation. So something to keep an eye on for the next maybe five to six years here as things continue to trend in that direction short-term, but can it happen long-term? I've got one, two, three, four, five tiers that I've established here. I actually did some homework on this one, so bear with me. Five tiers of NFL quarterbacks. And what I have here in front of me is the starting quarterback for all intents and at least one backup. And I have at least the contract status. I've got other notes for certain players. You know, when can they be extended? What What do I think is about to happen with them? Certain things like that. So so there's the, uh, there's the terms, <laughs> the table of contents for what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes or so here. Okay. Tier number one the easiest one to get out of the way lock steady. I call it because there's in in my opinion, there's almost nothing that can happen to these guys contractually or transactionally in 2022. Now the last one has a bit of an asterisk. We'll get to it. Josh Allen atop this list for Buffalo, uh, despite some of his play this year, he's got seven years, 265 million left on this contract contract. 80 million of it is fully 100% guaranteed right now. More of that will lock in next March. So certainly from a financial situation, he's going nowhere and the Buffalo doesn't want him to go anywhere. He is certainly the the right guy for the next at least three to four years. As of today, his backup Mitch Trubisky is a UFA and I do think he'll find work. Uh, If he doesn't, I would fully expect Buffalo to bring him back. They lost Jake Fromm off their practice squad to the Giants recently I think he was sort of the, uh, you know, the ace in the hole as needed. So they will have to probably find a third quarterback, but they're, uh, you know, they're locked in. No, no question about it. The Bears coming off their loss last night to the Packers. You know, Justin Fields might not be the guy yet, but he's the guy right now. He's got three years, 7 million left on this contract, fully guaranteed. He can't be touched contractually until after 2023, two more seasons. And uh, he's going to get... 2022 to really bust out. That's, that's obviously what's going to happen in Chicago, regardless of who's coaching it and regardless of who the GM is. I think both are very much on the bubble right now, but yeah, I think fields is for certain. The guy contractually speaking for one more year, minimum Andy Dalton, his very highly paid backup is a UFA. I don't know what happens to Dalton next year. I think he's a, a vet minimum backup for someone. If he wants to continue on that path, he could also just retire. He could also just walk away from the game. So uh, something to keep an eye on there. Similar situation with Joe Burrow, who has broken out to some degree. He's been a little bit inconsistent and the interceptions are way up there. I think they're tied for the lead, but two years, 9.4 million fully guaranteed plus the fifth year option left. And, uh, you know, it's early, he's been banged up. He's missed some time, but he's already at a $38 million valuation right now based on what he's doing. So he's, he's trending in the right direction early on here. No question about it. He can be signed after 2022 to an extension. And his backup, Brandon Allen, also a UFA. So another backup situation to keep an eye on. Dallas Dak Prescott, obviously, uh, you know, just signed this past year. Hasn't been the same Dak. I think maybe we'll see more and more of that as this season progresses, even into its fourth stage here. But it certainly has not been the same Dak Prescott we saw before the injury last year. Three years, 85 million left, 51 million fully locked in. Yeah, he's good. (laughs) His backup, Cooper Rush, is on a one year, $1 million non-guaranteed contract. I think that probably sticks. I think they like him enough. Jacksonville, three years, 10 and a half million plus the option left for, for, for Lawrence, obviously after his uh, rookie contract here. He can't be signed until after 2023, similar to Fields. His backup CJ Beathard right now, one, one year, 2 million non-guaranteed, who knows? Who knows what happens with that entire situation with Urban Meyer, with a lot of that roster. Um, and, and look, I, I want to get this out there. The Urban Meyer stuff has been ridiculous and some of it may be just, I don't know, people have been found on social media. Some of it might be real. He's not really denying any of it, which is even weirder, but you know, there's been three or four separate incidents that have kind of carried the day with Jacksonville and that circus to me is sort of masking the fact that Trevor Lawrence is having a really bad year. I mean, and you can say the weapons aren't great. They're good. Yeah, he's, they've had some injuries. You know, the ETN etn should be out there. I think Chark should be out there. there. There's some players who could be helping the cause a little bit, but it's still a halfway decent set. They're not using James Robinson anymore. The offensive line was average coming in here. This was not a, this guy's going to get killed situation. And Trevor Lawrence had the ability to move around. He did it a lot at Clemson. He's not making plays. He's not making plays. The decisions are as you would expect from a rookie. There's a lot of picks. There's a lot of bad, bad throws. But I feel like the Urban Meyer stuff has completely masked the fact that this is a really bad season for a number one overall pick. And I mean, he's at the bottom of all the advanced grades. It's, he's not where you want to be. So I, I do hope this gets some attention because while the attention has been to Mac Jones and to some degree, Justin Fields, And even, you know, Zach Wilson in the Jets situation because of the in and out inconsistency, Lawrence has sort of got a pass. Are are we just all expecting that he's going to break out, that he's just going to be fine, he's going to figure it out, and it's all Urban Meyer's fault? I I don't know if that's fair. Certainly there's discontent and discourse there, but he's been bad specifically. When you put him on the field right now, and I've watched a few times now, he's not making the right decisions a lot of times. And... uh, certainly something he can grow into. We all know the Peyton Manning story where he was absolutely dreadful his first year, the worst quarterback in the league his first year, and the rest is now history. So I guess we're just kind of assuming that's where we're going with Lawrence, but I'm not seeing the signs yet. That's all I'm saying out loud. He's certainly contractually locked in. They're not going to do anything about it, regardless of who's coaching this team. But uh, I need a hell of a lot more from him in in 2022 before I'm comfortable saying, all right, this this guy's on track now. He's not for me. Uh, Mahomes is. And, you know, Mahomes had his cup, cup, cup of coffee where we were all freaking out. That entire Chiefs offense was going backwards. They were, they were figured out. Let's be honest about what that was. That offense was figured out. And they were being forced to be suppressed, forced to go underneath, forced to go simple, forced to go basic. And, and they've started to do that. And they've got the running, back, running game back a little bit. 10 years, 444 million left. There's 42 and a half fully guaranteed right now. 38 million more next march so you're talking 80 million total locks in by next march he's uh it's a rollover guarantee year by year now basically two years out so for instance that 38 million we're talking about that's 2024 money that's becoming fully guaranteed so that's how uh powerful that little contract is justin herbert locked in two years 7.2 million plus the option fully guaranteed he's uh not eligible to sign until after 2022. So we can't even talk about him as well. He values at 42 million dollars, folks. He's up there with your Lamars and your Murray's and all that good stuff. He's uh he's really on track. And yes, he's had some bad, you know, I guess a clunker month there, to be honest, that entire team and him himself included. But he's the real deal. And for of all these young guys that we've talked about here, he's He's right up there. I'd put him and Murray kind of really together in this conversation right now. Mac Jones, aforementioned, uh, he's good. I don't know if he's great. I don't know if New England needs him to be great. And by the way, that's good news for them contractually. Because if he's just an above average game manager, then they can start to suppress that contract like they love to do with their superstars. Three years, 6 million left, fully guaranteed, plus the option. Can't sign him until after 2023. And uh, he's not doing anything right now. They're going to continue to build pieces around him. There are some defensive pieces that need to be addressed in New England and a left tackle that needs to be paid. So there will be miles to feed. We'll see if they continue with the current roster, if they try to kind of flip it on the fly, like we've seen Belichick do many, many times. Speaking of which, Tom Brady's the asterisk on this lock list. He's fully guaranteed at $25 million. He's he is obviously good enough to be back here as their QB1 next year. It's, it's just, does he want to? That's all. You know, if, they, if, if he's the MVP and they win it all again, I, I don't know how he doesn't walk away uh, as the absolute king. But we'll see. The, the numbers are ridiculous. He is the MVP favorite. You know, I don't know that because, look, it's an $18 million cap, it, which is fine. Obviously, there's, there's much, much higher ones out there for 2022. But generally speaking, that's a situation that he restructures one more time, pushes some things down, adds a year on that's fully guaranteed. I don't know. At 40, age 45, does he do that this time? I don't know. I think maybe he just plays it out if he comes back and then just walks off into the sunset after that. But it's all on him to me. He, he's locked in unless he doesn't want to be. So that's why he's on this list. All right, next here, extension eligible players. There's three. Two of them are very polarizing. I'll start with the one that's not. The first one is Kyler Murray. And yes, the injuries have been there now, now both years, all three years. So, um, it's a red flag. It's something you can think about, but to me, he is dynamic enough and has proven enough that you just get this thing done. It's similar to a Josh Allen for me, which means they might wait one more year. Let some of those veteran contracts sort of, uh, push out of the way a little bit. It might not be the right time from a cap and cash perspective to do it. But, you know, it's 43 and change in terms of the valuation. He's valuing his six years, 260 tacked on to the last two years of his contract. So it's, uh, it's big boy stuff. He has really, really broken out in all facets of the game. He's making the right throws. He's making the right decisions. And to be quite frank, you know, that front office gave him every chance possible. They really did. They, they loaded up the lines, both sides of the ball. They paid their safety. They paid their weapons. They acquired weapons. They did kind of everything you want a GM to do for a young quarterback that you've invested a first-round pick in. It's, it's a really nice situation for him. It's a really nice situation for that team. I give everybody credit, including Kyler, who I know has played, banged up quite a bit here. And he's got a chance to have a really special season. And if that happens, then look out to this money. I mean, we're talking Mahomes money at that point. So it's it's right there as it is, like I said, with two, six for 260. But this is the next big thing if this Arizona team gets to the finish line. Okay, polarizing players. Obviously, Lamar banged up again. Uh, he's week to week right now. And that team is currently out of the playoffs. So I shouldn't say that. That entire division is basically in the playoffs until they're not. So it's... Uh, it's one of those situations, though, where, where Huntley comes in and that offense moves. And I'm not saying Lamar is a problem, but Lamar's been banged up. Lamar's made some bad decisions. You know, he's been sacked a gazillion times this year. Obviously, his fault is to some degree, offensive line fault to some degree. But you know, that, this is a guy that was valuing at 44 million and change to start the year. He's down to 40, and it's going to be under 40 after this week. So. He, this year has not done him any favors, in my opinion. Yes, he's had some great moments and he is a hell of an athlete. But this is going back to that Heisman situation. Like these athletes that, these athletic players that can kind of make things happen at the drop of a hat, it's, it just seems like there's an expiration date on that in the NFL. Not that teams figure it out because there's, you don't figure out the creativity that these guys can, can have or the speed that a player like Jackson possesses. But there are ways to coddle that and rein it in and kind of force Jackson to do things that he doesn't want to have to do. And I just think that's where the league has gone. And that seems to be what the league has always done with this type of player. And it's right about now, it's right about this time where, Hey, you know, he could be the next $200 million guy, something happens, an injury happens, or or the play just subsides to the point of where there's so much question that the team doesn't know how to proceed. Now that now Baltimore has always been behind this guy always. Publicly speaking, from a roster standpoint, they're all in on Lamar and, and the style of play that he is. So I'm leaning towards the yes, they're, they're just going to sign him and they're going to take either the, uh, the ups and the downs as that comes. So is that still a 42 million? You know, is that a five year 240? I don't know. It might It might be. It might be. But I would lean towards a yes on Lamar getting a contract this offseason even though there's a $23 million uh, option year next year. That's fully guaranteed. They, they, they don't have to do it this year. They can let him get to the expiration of his rookie contract, slap a franchise tag on him, and then work, you know, work out that contract over the 2023 season. But I don't know. That is what I think is going to happen to Baker Mayfield, who is the last player on this extension eligible list. Um, it just hasn't been good enough. And I understand that everybody in the world wants to talk about how banged up he's been. And to me, it's, I look at the Browns and I look at Arizona and these are two front offices that have done a marvelous job of building a roster in a very, very short time. I mean, they've gone from worst to first in terms of roster construction in basically two and a half years. And and Baker's kind of been there now through all of this. He has seen, a defense be drafted around him and a defense be built from free agency around him and an offense that's been acquired via trade, basically around him. And they've done a marvelous job bringing in players that should be good enough to put a a winning team on the field every single week, certainly in their division, but every single week. And, you know, if it looks like a fish and it smells like a fish, it tastes like a fish. At some point, we just have to admit to the fact that Baker Mayfield just isn't good enough to carry a winning football team when it matters. And whether that's his size, whether it's his ability to stay healthy, whatever it is, we know he's got talent. We've seen it. You know, we've seen it at times in the NFL. We saw it a lot in college. I just don't think it's it's holding up on a consistent enough basis. And now that you have 17 games in 18 weeks in this NFL, you really have to, you know, sustainability is as big a part of this conversation as anything. So to say that a guy is oft injured is now a a bigger red flag than it ever has been. And that's only going to change when we go to 18 games in a couple of years, you know, that's only going to be more and more of a thing. So I I do, I don't think this means Baker Mayfield is released. You know, he's got 18, eight uh, fully guaranteed next year on his fifth year option. That's already been exercised. I, I do think he's the quarterback next year, but I also think that they're going to start to think about what's next. And whether that's identifying a player in the draft this year, probably not. It's a weak class. Whether it's, do we dip our toes in some of these trade offers out there? Or do we really start to prepare ourselves for what could be a a serious push to draft a player in 2023? You know, the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud situation, plenty of other options out there. Do we seriously consider something like that? Knowing that we can just we can ride Baker, who's a, you know an, an above average game manager through his fifth year option and with a franchise tag if we need to we, we've got two years of Baker Mayfield as a plan a minus, and if we can get ourselves into a situation where we can find a better plan a we're, we're going to do it, but I, I just that to me feels like where we are. I don't think a multi year extension makes sense because you have the franchise tag path, and, and if you have to go two franchise tags, in my opinion, in my, in my opinion, if you're going, if your plan is two franchise tags with Baker, then you should just sign him right now, because the 19 million next year plus a tag plus a second tag is probably going to be more guaranteed money uh, on one-year tenders than you would have to dole out on a multi-year contract guaranteed at signing. And, and for cap purposes, you should just sign him to that extension, deal with the cap how you want to and get him the 70 million over the next three years that he he's gonna make anyway. So, you know, if, if their plan is, we're, we're just gonna let this go as far as possible on one-year deals with Baker, then just sign the guy and be creative with how you you manage your cap for, for roster purposes. But if if what I said before is, is where they are, and it's gonna be, we're gonna to try to upgrade it this year, you know, Rogers, Wilson, whatever might be out there, maybe Cousins, I don't know. <laughs> That seems pretty uh, pretty chalk between Baker and Kirk Cousins, though Cousins' numbers are certainly better from the passing standpoint. Um, and there's a relationship with the coach. But that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Um, I do think they'll have their foot in the water this year, and they'll have a game plan for 2023 with the quarterback position that isn't Baker Mayfield. So that's, that's where I stand on this. I, if I'm wrong, if what I'm saying is incorrect from a Cleveland standpoint, then I expect the contract to come because stringing him out like Kirk Cousins got strung out in Washington is not the right approach from a roster standpoint. This roster has too many good players that will continually need to be paid to be able to handle $35 million cap hits on your quarterback from a franchise tag, $42 million cap hits from a second. You know what I mean? Where we're going with these numbers. You just can't do that. You can't do that in my opinion. So if it's we're comfortable with where he is, and we're just going to try to continue to build through the run game and, and work on our offensive line continually, then pay him. You know, he values at 29 million right now for me. And I don't think he takes 29 million. I think it's going to take 35 minimum because of where he was drafted, because of what, you know, what he has done from a winning standpoint. He has been a factor in turning this franchise around. But at the same time, I do think he's one of the reasons that they're not where they need to be in the next level. So, like I said, do you guarantee him seventy million up front over a two years, thirty five million a year, and then make it option years after that? From a cap perspective, that might be the right approach. But if you're thinking we're in on on Aaron Rodgers or we're in on, you know, Bryce Young, are we we're going to forfeit our next three drafts to get up there and get Bryce Young? I, I don't I don't hate that approach from Cleveland because I think there's a lot of good things on that roster that should be continue to be good. All right. I'll run through these a little bit quicker because obviously those are the ones that were the most polarizing here, but I call this bubbling down. In other words, there was a moment either this year or last offseason or at some point in time where this player either contractually speaking or from a production standpoint had issues. And maybe there was a roster bubble being mentioned for 2022. I take Carson Wentz out of that conversation now. He's got three years, 81 million left in that contract, but just 15 million is locked in right now. You know, It becomes 27 million next March. I think they're perfectly fine with that in, in Indianapolis. Um, he has shown that settling back into that Frank Reich system really has worked. He's made terrible throws at times. I think that's just who he is. I think he's not going to be a fully polished quarterback in this league ever, and you're going to have to take the good with the bad. But he's better right now than he was has been for the last two and a half years in Philly. So I think the gas pedal's down on Wentz and Indy. Derek Carr's fascinating. I mean, this was was one of the best teams in the league to start the year, and he was the best-rated quarterback in the league to start the year from a yard standpoint, ratings, everything. Obviously, a lot of things have gone wrong in Vegas that Derek Carr has nothing to do with. And certainly where we are now, Everything has suffered. His numbers, the team's ability to win—it's all suffered. So there's a possibility that Derek Carr's undoing on this team is completely not his fault, unfortunately. And it's also possible that he may just be asking for different—you know—a change of scenery next year. One year, 19.8 million left. None of it's guaranteed. He values it about 32 million. Um, he's just—he's a little bit older Baker Mayfield for me is really what he is he's a he's a younger version of Kirk Cousins who would be hitting the open market at about the same age cousins got 33 fully guaranteed over three I, I think Carr can probably get something of that of that you know worth without the massive guarantees but you know is this an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Is this an option for Cleveland you know is Derek Carr an upgrade to Baker mayfield i don 't know He's certainly an upgrade from Mason Rudolph, okay? And he's certainly an upgrade from anything that the Carolina Panthers have. And if Seattle trades Russell Wilson, Derek Carr is an upgrade from Geno Smith. Um, so I just think he's above average. I know he's above average. And he's also not in that tier where you have to shell out top, top dollars to get this guy and make him happy. You just have to have an above average set of weapons on offensive line in front of him. And he, and, and when that was the case in Vegas, things were going pretty darn well for Derek Carr. So does he leave? I, I'm trending. He's a bubbling down for me because I think they just let him ride this contract out. They may even extend him to have some sort of stability on that roster right now. But at the same time, does he want to be there and do they want to pay a quarterback when there's so much unrest on that roster? It just might not be the right time for this relationship to continue, but the money's right contractually for the Raiders to do so. So I don't, I don't foresee them cutting bait with Derek Carr. You know, if there's a trade offer that blows them away, possibly, you know, maybe Pittsburgh comes in really high, swinging on on Derek Carr. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see. It's, it's trending in the right direction from a quarterback standpoint, but maybe not with the current roster. Matt Stafford, unfortunately, it's a similar conversation. It's, there's one year, 23 million left, nothing guaranteed. I mean, Stafford has made so much damn money in this league. I, he's at a $42 million valuation right now, four years, $168 million extension, which none of you probably gawk at that because you know what this guy can be. But uh, to me, he's got to win a big game. I mean, that narrative has been a narrative that we are all kind of sick of hearing with him because of the Lions situation, because of injuries he's been playing through, is he not just a rich man's Baker Mayfield? Drafted the same. Both number one overalls. Both had really gritty college careers that we loved. Both can make plays. Kind of when when things break down. Stafford's just got more talent. And he certainly has a roster that should be holding up. And if you think about the Browns and the Rams from a roster construction standpoint, it's pretty damn similar. In fact, there's some players that were on the team previously, Odell Beckham Jr., Troy Hill, Josh John, John Johnson. Uh, you can you can just feel these two organizations kind of running the same race, and I kind of feel like their quarterbacks are on the same page right now. Now you, I, I, I have to give Stafford much more credit than Baker Mayfield from a career resume, but. if the Rams signed him tomorrow to four years, 168 million, do you think Rams fans would be super happy with it? Would the majority of Rams fans be psyched at that, at that contract? I'm not sure. I mean, a lot has to happen tonight with the uh, the Cardinals game to really kind of uh, spell out the rest of their season, but it doesn't feel like a slam. I mean, this was an MVP candidate for me the second he joined this roster because the roster looks so good. And, you know, I sit down every offseason and look at these rosters, and I consistently think, well, this is the year Baker Mayfield is going to take that next step because of look what the roster is around him. Look at this offensive line they've built. Look at these weapons. Look at the running game they have. I, it's just, I feel like I'm, I'm having the same conversation with two players who I think are very different, but maybe not that different. Maybe not that different. So, do the Rams force Stafford to play out one year's and 23 million? I, I wouldn't be against them doing it. He's made his money. This isn't a guy who needs an extension tomorrow. And I realize that's no reason not to pay a guy. But I think there's enough reasons now, 15 weeks into this year, that you could say, look, we just want to run this thing through one more time. You know, you're a guy. You're not going anywhere. But from a roster construction standpoint, let's just be smart about this. Now, you know, if Stafford doesn't want to play ball like that, then they're going to have to comply because they don't have another option. They don't, and they don't have the draft picks to get another option. So Stafford kind of has him by the balls in that regard. But I wouldn't be super psyched about $170 million for Stafford on this Rams team right now. I, I think that's, well, I'll leave it at that. Miami, Tua. Talk about up and down. This guy was traded. This guy was bench traded. He, he. Twitter has done everything to this guy. Here's the thing. Uh, I watch a hell of a lot of AFC East. This guy's pretty damn good, and he has been out of the onset. He got hurt a minute into that Buffalo game. He was beating Buffalo. Uh, I mean, he was, he had figured out how to maneuver that Buffalo defense pretty quickly, something that's pretty hard to do now, as we've seen. That's a, that's a really nice player. And he may be, you know, down a Lamar path at some point, but he could also be more of the Kyler. He could also really have the whole package. And really be smart enough to make the right decisions, and really read his progressions properly, and, and know when to get rid of that ball, and know when to use his legs. It seems like he has taken a step forward, even if, even though he's missed time, even though he's been injured, even though that organization, uh, you know, that team as a whole has been disappointed, despite the fact that they're still in playoff contention. I, I like to a lot, and I don't think giving up on him, even if you can tell me I can have Deshaun Watson tomorrow, is the right move. Two years, eight million guaranteed plus the fifth-year option, you can't do anything with the contract until after 2022. You got to give this guy next year. You got to give him the right to get to that extension eligibility point and then make a decision and say, look, if you're our guy, you know we're, we, we've got you for one for four plus a fifth-year option and we can sign you now. He's going in the right direction. He, he, really, he really, really is. So I, uh, I don't know if I'm Miami, if I'm touching that part of, the, of that roster right now. To me, you got to fix that defense especially in terms of the pass rush. You could add some offensive line help for sure. And let's get this guy, a wide receiver and a running back, something they should have done this year. Jalen hurts. It's a very similar conversation. Certainly Gardner Minshew can play some football. I don't think Gardner Minshew can play for 18 weeks. And I think every team knows that, but I'm, I'm okay with this being a one, two punch for a while. Yes. Philly's going to have three first round picks. Um, should they spend one of those on a, on a quarterback? I don't know. It's probably good business to do so, even though it's the wrong position from a roster standpoint. I, I'd love to see them just trade run, trade out of one of those and load up on you know top 100 picks versus having to have three top 15 picks and then saying, Jalen Hurts is our guy for two more years, minimum. It's two years... $2.5 million. None of it's guaranteed. That's what's left on Jalen Hurts' contract. He has Kyler stuff in him. I just don't know if he can do it over a full year. But they do have weapons there now. They They have been able to run the ball there. The offensive line is kind of awkward, but solid at times. The defense is kind of falling apart. And Two of their big edge rushers are going to be UFAs this year. So if you tell me they spent their entire draft and most of their free agency on the defensive side of the ball and they just want to give this offense one more year to mature, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, the the whole works. I think that's perfectly acceptable. And then let's see what Jalen Hurts can do with one more year under his belt, with a full offseason under his belt. Because look, he is dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. And you don't have to extend him yet. You can, you know, but I kind of like where things are are progressing from an offensive standpoint, and I think Howie Roseman has a chance to really pump some defensive dollars this offseason and see what they can do in terms of balancing out this roster because I think if they can stop the ball, I do think they can score, score a bunch of points. So uh, I would put Hurts on the bubbling down conversation, not bubbling out. And Ryan Tannehill, contractually speaking, he's fully guaranteed through next year. If they restructure him, you know they're they're comfortable because it means they're going to keep him for the two years, fifty-six million left. Um, if they don't restructure him, if they restructure a couple other players instead, then you'll know they're kind of on the fence, and it's probably a one-year and then we'll see situation with Tennessee and Tannehill. He's been okay. He's been Tannehill. <laughs> I mean, you know, Julio's missed basically every game. AJ Brown's missed half the season. They could use a tight end of, of value. Derek Henry, obviously injury has hurt this offense. So there's been a lot of reasons to say, uh, you know, you just got to kind of push through this. That's what they're going to do. And they're still in really good playoff contention. They get many of these guys back. Tannehill has exp- experience in the playoffs though. I, I don't think there's many other guys they'd want here besides Ryan Tannehill to be perfectly honest with you. If you could just pluck a player off from of the roster so I think he's comfortable through 2022, and then it's probably a we'll see what happens. All right. Let's get to these roster bubble guys. Matt Ryan. Two years, 51 million left. None of it's guaranteed, but the dead cap's over 40 million. Now, they could, get, they could designate him a post-June 1st release. I don't think he's tradable, by the way. He's, been a, he's had an adequate season, above average at times, terrible at times. That's been Matt Ryan for three years now. At some point, you just have to rip this Band-Aid off if you're Atlanta. You've got some talent. Calvin Ridley's situation is weird, you know, and, and I hope he's doing okay. We haven't heard much about that. That really kind of torpedoed that, that, that pass game, of course. You know, Kyle Pitts has been asked to do everything now from that standpoint. So the Cordero Patterson stuff is ridiculous. I don't even know how to value that guy right now because, you know, he was a guy who caught 19 balls a year, and now he's one of the leading rushers in football. So there's some things. There's some things, and they're going to load up on that defense again this offseason like they tried to do last year. I just think that here's the problem. They don't have the quarterback on the roster. They don't have it. And I don't think they're going to find it in this draft. They're just not positioned well enough to, to probably get one of those guys. One of the two guys worth a damn, maybe two and a half. But are they going to be in the trade conversations? Probably not. That's not a destination for many of these veteran quarterbacks. It's not going to be. So he he's on the roster, bubble because he should be because his play says he should be and his contract does have an out as a post-June 1st guy. But unless a miracle happens and they find their quarterback, I just don't know. Now, it could be this. It could be, we're just going to rip the band-aid off the whole thing. We're going to release Matt Ryan. We're going to release a bunch of these defensive guys who have gaudy contracts. We're going to trade some players that have decent contracts, and we're going to tank. And... I never vote for that. I think it's the worst. And I think that any draft that is set up to uh, to promote that, which the NFL has, should be fixed. But it exists. It's possible. The 2023 quarterback class is strong, at least initially out of the gate. And if Atlanta wants to say, we're going to go down to the bottom, I can't fault him for that. So that's why he's on this roster bubble. His production and his contracts say he can be. And the Short-term future of the Atlanta Falcons says they may want that. They may want to kind of rip things off and drop down to the bottom purposefully. So that's where my head is with the Atlanta Falcons right now. Carolina, boy. 18.8 million fully guaranteed for Donald. You've heard me talk about that before. You know, Newton can walk. Philip Walker's an RFA. He probably sticks around on a tender just as a backup quarterback. They're going to be all in on everybody. You know, from Garoppolo to Cousins to Wilson to Rogers to Watson, you know, you name it. They're going to be in on that guy, Derek Carr. At the end of the day, it might be Sam Darnold's team. It might be. Or they may pay $19 million to let him walk away. <laughs> but they are at square one, in my opinion, with that quarterback position. It's similar in Detroit. Jared Goff has $15.5 million guaranteed next year, you know, right around that Darnold mark. Uh, do you just pay that to, go, to let him go? Do you convert that into a bonus, let him go one more year. He's got three years and 78 million left. He's certainly not going to see that in my opinion, but with just 15 million guaranteed, you can kind of rip up the rest of that contract, put him on a one for 15, a one for 16 and a half with a, you know, with a base salary and use void years and just kind of go from there and just make, literally make this a one and done situation for golf and the lions. Are they going to fire the coach? You know what's going to happen with the, with, the, with some of those passing weapons and defensive players it's it they're at us they're idle in detroit right now completely idle and they're trending towards what an edge rusher in the draft it's uh it's a weird situation minnesota kirk cousins is probably on the trade block this year even though he's been one of the top five rated quarterbacks in football but that's always been his mo tons of stats tons of opportunities Just can't get the wins. Can't get the big wins. It's been, it's going to be slapped on his, uh, his retirement papers. One year, 35 million fully guaranteed left. He values basically at the $33 million mark he's been at right now, you know, because of the production, if I could put major wins inside my algorithm, that'd be 29 million or 28 million because he just doesn't have those on his resume. So at some point in time, I think Kellen Mond gets the keys to this car. 3 years, 3.3 million left on his rookie contract. I think it's probably 2022. I really do think Cousins moves this year and there's teams that could take him as an upgrade. Yes, he's got red flags, but he's a better quarterback than many of the quarterbacks that are playing right now. And there's just no way around that. You have to say you have to be able to say that about Kirk Cousins no matter what you think about him, you know, as a homer or looking from the outside in. He's a, he's an upgrade from a lot of players right now and I do think teams will value that. Daniel Jones. Boy, the injuries are ugly. I hope he's healthy now. Right now, you know, he's having some neck issues. It's it's all bad news. And unfortunately, this was a bad pick right out of the gate for the Giants. It just was. It was one of those, what the H are they doing? And we continue to say that kind of on a weekly basis. So he's got one year, four million fully guaranteed, and a fifth year option that I just can't imagine gets exercised. So, you know, do they part ways with him out of four million dollars? Maybe or you just leave him on the roster and he competes for the job with whoever's coming in. You know, this is a, this could be a Russell Wilson spot. This could be a a big quarterback spot. There's, there's offensive weapons here. The Barkley stuff is weird, but he's going to have to be, um, I mean, 2022 is all Saquon Barkley. That's what it's going to have to be. If he's healthy, you know, but this, this Tony kid can play. Galladay can certainly catch balls when he's given the right opportunity. There's, there's some playmakers here. They're going to shore up that offensive line in the draft, in my opinion, shore up some, you know, get some edge rushers in the draft. They're not that far away. And I do think an upgraded quarterback would make them markedly better. So Jones is a bubble guy. Garoppolo has been good above average, really good at times. And then he's had some Garoppolo plays and that's every game. And every single time I watch San Francisco, I think, man, this guy's just steady rock steady. And then he'll make a throw that, you know, Goes off the back of his offensive lineman's helmet and falls into a defensive end's hands, but um, he's limited. You know, he's a second round pick, not a first round pick. That's exactly what what it looks like when I watch Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, he's just that. It's kind of similar to Kirk Cousins. Oh, that's why he's not in the upper top tier. That play right there. And some teams just have to live with those guys. We're not all, We're not all going to be able to have Aaron Rodgers on a roster. So we have to figure out how to win with the second tier guy. I think Garoppolo is a second tier guy. And if you're putting him lower than that, I just don't think you're giving him enough credit. He's playing as good right now as he did the year he took San Francisco to the, to the Super Bowl. There's no question around that. How can you say that? Because if he wasn't Trey Lance would be, would be playing quarterback. He, he would. The 49ers have too too nice of a roster to be screwing around with. We got to make Trey Lance wait. Garoppolo has been good enough to win the job. And, Contractually speaking, he probably doesn't come back. He's got one year, 25.6 million. He, he's he's Ryan Tannehill. Okay. So if he's going out there looking for 40 million, he's not gonna get it. You know, Tannehill ended up, I think, with about 29, 28 and a half or around there. I don't have it in front of me. But, you know, slightly under 30 million. So if we adjust that for cap now, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a 32 million dollar quarterback somewhere. Pittsburgh, Carolina, somewhere, Seattle. He he is. And teams should be willing to pay that. You know, he's in that Derek Carr kind of range. And I think the cars and the grapples of the world can win you enough games to be playoff teams and then have a chance in, the, in those playoffs. You know, you're not Super Bowl contenders in terms of Vegas with these guys at the quarterback. But they're, you have a chance with these guys. And I think there's franchises out there that, are, that have to live with this kind of guy coming in and running your team. And Garoppolo fits the bill for that. By the way, Washington in this conversation with all of these guys. Um and, and by the and Grappolo is a candidate for Washington, similarly to how Alex Smith left and signed a multi year contract and said and, and basically said, You're gonna be our guy. And it looked really good for a couple of minutes there. And then of course Russell Wilson. And I've been alluding to the fact that I think he's gonna go. I think he's gonna go. I just think he's gonna go. Two years, 51 million left. There's a March roster bonus due, 5 million. So it'll be quick and dirty. It'll be Matt Stafford-like, leaving Detroit last year. I think it happens. And at this point, you know, you're gonna have to bring him in. You're gonna have to rip up his contract, sign him to 42 million plus per year, keep that cap hit low next year so you can continue to build around him because you can't just bring him in raw. And Seattle's gonna have to do something plan B. And there's gonna be options. There's gonna be options for plan B next year. Maybe even Matt Ryan you know, on a minimum contract, if they want. My last tier is called clueless. And it's not because they're clueless, it's because we have no idea what's going to happen. Houston's obviously at the top of this list. All right. Tyrod Taylor's a UFA. Watson has four years, 136 million left, 72 million guaranteed unless he's suspended for personal conduct. At which point that all becomes in question. That's arbitrations. My guess is much of that goes away. And those suspensions get, or those uh, guarantees get lifted. So, you know, that's good news for whatever team ends up taking him on. Because I do think that happens this offseason. You know, I, I think the offers are still going to be there. And I think this is Davis Mills team. Three years, $3.4 million, zero, to, zero guaranteed. You know, they're going to be up there in one, you know, two, three in the draft. It's not a quarterback draft. So I don't think they reach for any of those quarterbacks. I think they they want to roll with Davis Mills for 2022, and they're going to take some, you know, an edge rusher or an offensive tackle or something like that that makes good roster sense for them while they give this guy a chance. And if they're bad with Davis Mills, well then they'll be right back up at the top of that draft for a good quarterback draft in 2023. So to me, that's the plan. Yes, they trade Watson. Yes, Davis Mills gets the keys, and this Houston team just—I mean, there's so many holes. They they signed. 97 players, the one-year contracts this off season. So they're going to be active. They might also just be, let's ride this out. You know, let's ride this out. Similar to the Atlanta Falcons. Denver. Uh, Bridgewater's done. He's been okay. His touchdown to interception ratio has been, you know, what you want from a game manager. He's not moving. Uh, he's not making the deep ball throws. He's got great weapons. So he should be much better than this which means he's just a limited quarterback. So they're going to find one that's not limited. And I think that's Denver's single single thing this year. That's their one priority is we need a veteran quarterback that we can drop on this roster and become immediate contenders in the AFC. And I don't see any other way around it. That's just what they're going to do. They're not going to draft. That's for damn sure. They're, I think they're done trying there. New Orleans. You know, this Taysom Hill stuff makes a little bit more sense than the last Taysom Hill stuff. And, you know, against the Jets, he looked phenomenal. But there's not 31 Jets out there. So he's got a four-year, $40 million contract left. $10 million a year. He uh, he may get the chance to be their quarterback next year. I, I'm on record saying this is going to be Russell Wilson's team next year. Even though a lot of teams are going to be in for Russell Wilson, I think this is where he ends up. And then Taysom Hill reverts back to a gimmick guy for $10 million a year. Fine whatever, whatever they want to do. They're the cap geniuses. Um, But if not, if it's Taysom's team, you know, it's, it's 10 million next year until he hits 224 pass attempts. And then he starts to make more money. If they win ball games, if they get to the postseason, if he's throwing touchdowns and lots of yards. So, you know, even if he gets to 15 million next year, it's still good value for a starting quarterback. If you're winning ball games, so plan B isn't terrible. It's just I don't think this guy's a multi, multi-year quarterback. If he has to be your one-year bridge quarterback, there's nothing wrong with that. So clu- I'm clueless on New Orleans because I don't think this is where things actually st- you know stand. So maybe, they, maybe this should be a bubble situation more than anything because they do have an option. I mean, Taysom Hill can play quarterback for them next year. Winston's the UFA. Trevor Simeon's the UFA. So it is Taysom Hill's team right now. But we'll see what happens this offseason. Pittsburgh, I mentioned him a bunch. Ben's done. He leaves behind a $10.3 million dead cap hit. That's, that's certainly tolerable. This is a good roster. I mean, you know, there's weapons. Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, there's weapons. I like the Farmworth kid, the, uh, the, the tight end. He's, he seems like he's got a multi-year plan there. And the defense can play ball. They're going to sign Mick Fitzpatrick. They've got a, a cornerback or two to replace, in my opinion. TJ Watt's locked in. Cam Hayward's locked in. There's, there's, there's nice players here. Up and down this roster. So it isn't a position where, okay, our quarterback's gone. Now what do we do? You know, we, let's just kind of uh, float around for a couple of years. They, they have to make a move. Mason Rudolph isn't, I don't think, good enough to be a bridge quarterback for one year. I, I think with all these options we're talking about here, they can do better and they should do better and they should strive to do better, whether that's giving up a bunch of first round picks to get a ma- major guy in here or, like I said, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins it's an upgrade from Mason Rudolph and they really need to consider something like that in my opinion. And uh, I think they will. I don't think they want to screw around with this Tomlin era because it's been really, really good to them. This is a year where they have no business being in contention. I mean, Ben has been way below average half the year and slightly above average for half the year. That should eke out to about what? Eight and nine. That's where they're trending, but they could be 10 and seven. You know, they could be. Things could bounce the right way. The division is a disaster And like I said, there's enough talent that things happen on this roster on a weekly basis that kind of make you look good. Last one's Washington. Um, The Heineke stuff's been awesome. And I don't want to discount that by any measure because it's a hell of a story. And I love seeing kids like this come in and just command control and take over offenses. And he has, and he's moving around with his feet and he's calling plays at the line, and he's doing everything you want a quarterback to do who you don't expect to be this competent. And he is. But he's a he's a career backup. And I I I know, I know there's a lot of people out there that really root for guys like this to the point of where they want their, them to get their full shot. To me, he has give, been given the shot. And this Washington team is a fridge playoff team. But there's too many mouths out there. You know, how, how do you turn down... How many of you take Tyler, Taylor Heineke over Jimmy Garoppolo? That's probably close. It's probably close, but they're going to consider it. They're going to consider it. I mean, they're going to consider Matt Ryan. They're going to they're going to be in on the car stuff. There's just too many options to me to replace what I think is a career backup in Heineke. Now, if if Heineke's got to come back and play for 2022, I, that's fine. You know, they're going to be adequate with the defense they have. And if if any of these weapons can stay healthy, my God, they do have an offense that can tick. But Heineke is signed. One year, 2.3 million. None of it's guaranteed yet. So he is on the roster. And for me, it's plan B. And finally, of course, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I... There are so many reasons to like or dislike this guy right now. It's ridiculous. I don't know where we need to stand on Rogers and his, and the rest of his career. He's done enough. And I think that's being sort of put by the wayside. And, you know, we talked about it a lot last March when I think the conversation was, is he going to retire versus who is he going to play for? I just can't see that anymore. He, he certainly is having a lot of fun out there and he's banged up and that's terrifying. He's a top three MVP candidate right now with what sounds like a really bad toe injury, which got worsened last night and another dis you know dismantling of the Chicago Bears. I, I just the, the the notion that the coach and quarterback as a tandem mean a lot more than we want them to mean has really taken a blow recently. Hasn't it? I mean, if you think about these veteran quarterbacks and how they've changed teams and left coaches behind or coaches have left and quarterbacks have progressed without them, I, I just think, you know, the Belichick stuff is unique. I'm not going to comment on Belichick versus Brady. That's not my platform. But I do think that there's something with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I do. And I, I do think he's playing better right now than he ever did with Mike McCarthy. Ever. And I I think that has a lot to do with a personality situation, and clearly that matters to Aaron Rodgers. There are people that he doesn't give an f about, and when he has to be with those kind of people, he struggles. He's awkward. He's not socially great. So a long season with people he doesn't want to be around is 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 tough. He he clearly likes this team quite a bit. Everything about it except for you know what sits up in the box and looks down. I can't imagine him leading this team. I can't. I've said I think he's going to. I still think he's going to. But Green Bay better do everything possible, especially financially speaking, to keep both he he and Devontae Adams in green and in gold because the team without them next year is going to be so markedly worse. It's going to be an immediately bad team. No matter how good Jordan Love may be, Jordan Love with Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan recovering from an injury, it's, it's a bad situation. And certainly they know that. I'm not speaking anything that's groundbreaking here, but I do think that there's something with LaFleur. And Rodgers makes him look good, no question about it. But there's a comfort. There's a clear comfort and there's a, there's a respect, which I don't know if Aaron Rodgers gives that out too often, that the three of them, Specifically, and they're they're the reason this team is winning. Let's be perfectly frank. Yes, you know, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are a big part of that, but I think you could drop quite a few running backs in this situation, and they would thrive. Truly, keeping these three together to me makes sense, especially for Aaron Rodgers. You know, do you want to go to Denver, where yes, the weapons are good, but is the coaching staff good? is Is it a personality fit for him? I, I struggle with that. I struggle with putting Aaron Rodgers in a lot of different situations because he's just not a flexible human being. Clearly, we've seen that. So I think it's working and it's too late in his career to be screwing around with what ifs and why leave? Why leave? Have him pay you $125 million fully guaranteed for three years to get to age 40. Let him lock in Devontae Adams to the, you know, the biggest contract in wide receiver history because he's worth it and he's worth it with you as the quarterback, Aaron, right? (laughs) And let Matt LaFleur continue to do his thing, whether that's, you know, call the plays and stay the hell out of the way, whether it's having a nice rapport and actually being able to communicate with these guys uh, on a nice level. Obviously I'm not sitting in that locker room to know exactly what level it is, but whatever level it is, whatever level of communication Matt LaFleur has with Aaron Rodgers it's a, it seems to be the perfect month, perfect fit. So I wouldn't screw with that because while coaching can be underrated and overrated all at the same time, you just kind of know when you have it right. And I do think this is a situation that is, that is well balanced. So contractually speaking, they're going to have to do something with Aaron Rodgers, whether it's trade him, whether it's restructure it, whether it's extend the hell out of him because he's got a $42 million cap at next year. So something's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And I guess right now I'd still lean towards he's going to demand a trade out of there because that's where he left us. And until he says otherwise, why, why would we think otherwise? But the eye test tells me just common logic is I'm not going to leave this, all right? I'm going, to, I'm going to suck it up for three more years and ride this thing to age 40 with a hell of a wide receiver, a couple of guys that I've really become close with. He's not even playing with his left tackle right now for Christ's sakes. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of positives here. And it's just too much for me to say, it's a slam dunk. He's in Denver next year, or it's a slam dunk. He's in Vegas next year. I just, I just think it's a, it's a well-balanced situation. That's all. And maybe money can fix this problem. That's plan B. All right. That's your three quarters of the way through the season quarterback breakdown. It's a lot of unrest. It may not be as much as we had last year, but it could be more impactful. I mean, if the names are traded that we think are going to get traded, that's really going to shake this league up, shake these divisions up. Um, you know, I think the uh, I think the AFC East is the most stable division, <laughs> right? <laughs> Zach Wilson. I do not even talk about Zach Wilson and, and the Jets. I totally missed that. They're obviously bubbling down. There's really no concern there. You know, Zach Wilson is going to get 2022. He's got three years plus the option year. Can't touch him until 2023. It's uh, it's his team next year. But, you know, Wilson, Tua, Jones, Allen, uh, that's locked. That's 100% locked. I'm not sure there's another division in football that we can say that about. So to me, that's the most stable division from our quarterback standpoint we have in football. Other than that, there could be a hell of a lot of shakeup, you know, and, and to me, the biggest things from our standpoint... Are the next few weeks of Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield? That's it. That's uh there's a lot riding on that. There really is from a franchise standpoint. What happened are, are you gonna stream those guys along on franchise tags? Are they gonna be okay with that? Will they have a choice? We'll see what happens. Okay, my thanks to the Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off your first year subscription and check out balancedbridge.com for your future financial objective plans. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spotrate Podcast.